Welcome to the Deal Reporter podcast. Today we're going to be talking about two big potential European deals with Emiliano Molino and Alex Tarrant. Emiliano, starting with you, the French geosciences group CGG rejected an approach from another French group, Technip. Um, this came after another major deal in the oil field services sector, Halliburton's planned acquisition of Baker Hughes. Why did CGG reject this approach? When we talked to our sources, they gave us three main reasons why CGG rejected the approach by Technip. Um, first off, there was, as always, price. Uh, the main concern uh, from DG's perspective was that the 8.3 uh, euro per share price offered by Technip, which valued the company at 1.47 billion euros, didn't reflect the real value of CGG along the cycle and was given a valuation at the bottom of CGG's cycle. Um, the second uh, reason they gave was that uh, the offer by Technip didn't offer any synergies. Um, Technip and CGG both work in oil and gas services, but they work in de very different aspects of the business. CGG, on the one hand, does uh, seismic studies in the very early stage exploration phase, whereas Technip does infrastructure as in platforms, uh, pipelines, etc. And the third reason they gave was that the deal, uh, the offer made by Technip, uh, took into account a potential breakup down the line of the company and the sale of its data acquisition division. Now, uh, CGG's management did not want to break up the company. And from Technip's point of view, what's the, the logic of them acquiring CGG? Well, therein uh, lies the question. Uh, if there are no synergies, then what's the logic? Um, what uh, we hear is that from Technip's point of view, this is a very opportunistic deal. They've come in because the share price is cheap at the moment. Um, Technip says that what they're trying to do is make a major champion in oil and gas services that offers services across the board. Okay, and the, the French government holds stakes in both companies. Um, we've seen them being a very powerful voice in, in previous French deals. Uh, what kind of role do you think we'll see them playing here? Well, they've, they've played a role in, in deals whether they're a shareholder or not. Um, what the French government cares about is two main things. One is keeping high-level technology French, and the second one is not losing jobs, not really resulting in job losses in France. Um, they're probably going to play some kind of role to ensure those two aspects. Um, right now, what we're seeing in the press, uh, early reports say that the French government's generally positive uh, towards the deal and that they're trying to play the role of a kind of referee to make sure that both parties uh, reach uh, a good conclusion to their negotiations. Okay, thank you. The UK insurance sector sprang into life when Aviva announced it was in advance talks to merge with Friends Life. Alex has been following this. Um, what can you tell us, Alex? Well, late on Friday, the 21st of November, the two companies put out an announcement following leaks to the press, uh, basically that uh, they'd agreed some aspects on a takeover of Friends by Aviva uh, in an all-share deal. And that means we had the weekend to digest uh, the situation. A number of shareholders and analysts expressed views to the weekend papers. There was a bit of initial shock. Uh, analysts and shareholders noted that this was against Aviva's stated strategy of international expansion, whereas Friends Life is basically focused on the UK and has a closed book, isn't really uh, increasing its business. 
Uh, Aviva and sources close to the company have tried to sort of smooth this over, saying, look, this isn't a transformational move. It's going to help us with our cash flow and help decrease our leverage. You know, it sort of helps accelerate our turnaround strategy. And one analyst said, well, this basically appears like a, a rights issue in disguise. And, and the reaction to, uh, in share price sort of indicates this as well. They fell 5% uh, after announcing the, the talks. And the terms that are being discussed Im- imply a 15% premium. Isn't that rather low? Well, on the face of it, it seems like it with uh, these large uh, premiums that we've seen recently. Uh, one Sunday report even mentioned an expectation that Friends shareholders could push for a bump. But we ran the deal through our database since 2006, looking at the financial services sector, and it's pretty much in line uh, with with other premier, 17% in the insurance sector and 16% in the financial services sector as a whole. And obviously with that fall in Aviva's share price, you wonder if there's actually appetite amongst its shareholders uh, for a bump. And, and what's going to happen next? Well, the companies are still in talks. Obviously, this becoming public is a bit of a setback, and it's not really helped by the fact that Friends Life uh, has talked to a number of other potential suitors, uh, according to some reports. What they're doing is they're having a trawl through the potential synergies available, amongst other things. Now, in the insurance sector, it's quite hard to figure out what could happen here. You don't just have your overhead costs, uh, head office, etc., but you also have potential capital synergies. And so they're really sort of trawling through the books, doing that due diligence, trying to figure out uh, what the actual synergies are. That's really what shareholders are waiting for. They had penciled in that they could announce uh, the deal, an agreed deal, uh, within the next few weeks, we're told. And so it still might fit in with their put up or shut up deadline of 19 December. Okay, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Emiliano. And thank you for listening.